0: in the meantime, let's talk about it. South Carolina falls 10-3 to to LSU in today's game. And, you know, guys, I, I hate to even say this, but the game went sort of as I expected in regards to, um, you know, I thought you were going to have to score a good bit to beat LSU. I mean, listen, guys, LSU's an elite. I don't look at today's game. If you'd have lost to Georgia, that would have been a real knock on you as a ball club, right? Like, wow, this team has really fallen LSU is one of the elites in college baseball. LSU is going to be a a top eight national seed, right? You you didn't just lose to some middle-of-the-pack or bottom-tier SEC team. So you knew that it would take a valiant effort. And, uh, you know, we'll start with the obvious, the low-hanging fruit, what I think everyone wants to talk about right now, and that is uh, the umpiring in the ballgame. I mean, listen, guys, I've never met an umpire that I liked. And I think you go into each and every single SEC contest and you expect the umpiring to at best be average. I mean, let's call it for what it is. You expect it to at best be average. And you'll hear this from anybody who's who's played the game, who's been around the game. You cannot leave your fate in the hands of the umpire. So was the umpiring shitty today? Yeah, it was shitty across the board. It was bad on both sides. I mean, that one call, the LSU call of he's inside the baseline, that was a bad call too. They had bad calls on their side. I'm not trying to, by the way, spin it to where, yes, it obviously affected South Carolina. That bad call on Gavin Casas that was ball four, bottom line, and it wrecked the momentum of the inning. But you look at that in the sixth and the seventh, and I forget which exact inning that was. But the Gamecocks had their opportunities with runners on base. And, you know, Gavin Casas, he's got a 2-0 count. He's up against a pitcher that has walked too straight. Why are you swinging at a breaking ball at 2-0? Why are you swinging at that pitch? That's a mental mistake right there. I know you're trying to make something happen, but all of a sudden, you get the pitcher back in the at-bat. You get the pitcher back in his groove, if you will. He finally gets a strike across the plate, and, uh, you know, it it came back to bite you. Again, I'm not excusing the umpire. The umpire was trashed. He was hot dog water. The umpire to was straight up hot dog water today. But uh, you know, you look at the sixth inning, you look at the seventh inning, those are the big opportunities for South Carolina. You know, Thatcher Heard, you get him on the on the ropes after the big Ethan Petchery home run, and he comes out in that sixth inning is struggling. You score two there. But, you know, you you knew, you knew with your situation on the mound past Eli Jones that you were going to need more than three runs, right, or five runs. Like, this was going to be a game where you sort of had to outslug LSU. And they just simply put guys had more than you at the end of the day. Um, you know, pitching depth is something really interesting that we've talked about a lot. And it was something that was touted in the preseason as a strength of this ball club. And I still think it's a strength, but it's not a strength to the point that it once was. Right. When you think about who is sidelined for South kind right now, and, you know, when you're asking guys like Brett Thomas and, and, and Connor McCreary and Jackson Phipps, I mean, these are just guys that don't pitch all the time for you. These are not your top tier guys. These are not frontline guys. I mean, Nick Proctor, even a guy that's pitched much, much better over the last month, but he's been kind of shoddy here and there, right? Obviously, was, was not his best stuff today, not his best outing. And, uh, you know, LSU's a lineup that, man, if you're not almost perfect, they're going to make you pay. They're just going to make you pay, right? 12 hits for the Bayou Bengals today to just your five. But that was the story, right? You just simply did not do enough swinging the stick, and, and Ackenhausen was was great for them. Six strikeouts and three and two-thirds. And, I mean, of course, he got help. He got help from the umpiring crew. But, again, like I mentioned, you can't you just can't leave it in – you can't leave it in the hands of the umpire there. And I, I thought South gonna did that and – uh, you know, a good team like LSU is going to make you pay. You know, again, Eli Jones, four innings pitch, five hits, four runs, four earned, one walk, three strikeouts. I thought he was solid. He wasn't great. He wasn't as good as, and and I'll say this, a lot of those runs scored after he departed and Nick Proctor came in. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I thought he was solid for you. I, I thought he was solid for you. Uh, and then the bullpen, right? Nick Proctor gives up two earned runs. Jackson Phipps, two earned runs. Uh, Brett Thomas, two earned runs, right? So uh, LSU would line up that, again, they chip away, chip away, chip away. They can beat you in a number of ways, one through nine, right? They're elite, and there's a reason why they are one of the favorites to win the College World Series. Um, you know, it's a game for Carolina, like I mentioned, guys. I, I expected it to happen. Hell, it was pretty close to my damn final prediction, and I wanted to be, wanted to be wrong, but LSU is just a team that, uh, you know, I, I, yesterday was great for South Carolina. Don't get me wrong. Yesterday was great. But just because you take care of business against the Georgia Bulldogs, a team that went 11-19 and 19 in SEC play, LSU a, a completely different animal. So now you await the loser of Texas A&M and Arkansas. And you'll play that game at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. So more morning baseball, of course, as we mentioned earlier. But, uh, you know, I, I think this is one that South kind of will be all right. They'll be okay. But uh, just, just a tough opponent, man. A tough opponent. And Thatcher Hurd I thought was really, really good for them. You know, he had been – up and down. We talked to my guy, AYS Sports, last night at the LSU beat, LSU Tigers, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I read some comments from Jay Johnson on Thatcher Hurd and what he had done. And, you know, you saw the stuff, right? I mean, just like a typical LSU righty. But, uh, you know, South Carolina just not really able to solve him, not able to get it going. And, uh, again, guys, it's one of those things we've talked about early on. It's, it's not just about hitting in the SEC. It's timely hitting and, and being able to get big knocks and big, big hits when, You get runners on base, and and if you can't capitalize when you have those opportunities, you're you're not going to get a ton of those, especially against good pitching and good teams. So South Carolina, the sixth and the seventh innings, those were their moments to make noise, and they just couldn't make it happen. And that's it. So, you know, I I think it's a game, though, again, it's not one you you hang your head over. It is what it is. You lick your wounds and you keep it moving. I mean, again, guys, it's not like losing to Kentucky. It's not like losing to Auburn. Like LSU is one of the elites in college baseball, and, you know, they showed that today. Uh, guys, we are going to hand out our, ooh, ooh, MVP for the game. Win, lose, or draw, I hand these MVPs out. So, we're going to do that for this game. And my, ooh, ooh, MVP, it goes to Ethan Petrie. How about Ethan Petrie getting off the schneid, finally going yard. His 22nd home run of the season. Ethan Petrie finishes the ball game one for three. Two RBI, again, of course, has the big bomb early on. Also drew a walk. Uh, so a great day for Ethan Petrie. And you hope this is something, right, that, you know, I know it's just one swing of the bat, but it could turn out to be a very, very big one swing of the bat for Ethan Petrie and for this Game Cox baseball team. By the way, something else I didn't mention that I thought really was a big part of this game, the injury to Cole Messina and, and him going out early in the ball game. Guys, we, we've all seen all season long just how valuable Cole Messina has been, not just offensively, but for this pitching staff what he's meant for this pitching staff. You know, I thought his departure was big, and you saw Jonathan French struggling late in the game, and it's no knock on Jonathan French, like, as, as a kid, as a person, glad he's a game Gamecock, but there's a reason he's your backup catcher and not your starting catcher, right? Cole is your dude for a reason, and, uh, you know, I, again, you, you saw that, unfortunately, rear its ugly head today. You, you saw it rear its ugly head, so um, – you know, j- just a tough day all the way around. You know, Ethan Petrie again being the one bright spot in this ballgame, but a tough day all the way around for the Yard Cox. And uh, they'll look to bounce back now again. What's next for South Carolina? That's TBD. It's TBD for the game, Cox. It'll either be Texas, AM, and Arkansas, who are set to start probably what in the next 20 or 30 minutes or so in Hoover, Alabama. So we'll know, we'll know just after TDC concludes who South Carolina will be playing tomorrow morning. I mean, obviously, I think you keep your fingers crossed that. It's going to be Texas A&M. I'd say it's probably going to be Texas A&M. I think that's a better matchup for the Gamecocks. You know, we've already seen the Gamecocks in Arkansas on the field. And Arkansas, for the most part, had their way. Texas A&M a bit more inconsistent. But they're a team certainly that's loaded with talent, can get hot, went to Omaha last year. So we'll see who South is going to have. And, you know, you look at the postseason picture now, guys, and I would say this. You know what's crazy about this, and we were talking about this. We were talking about this in the Big Cock Club Discord, which, by the way, if you're not in there, patreon.com slash Big Cock Club. We watched the game in there. It was a lot of fun yet again. Uh, talking about the resume, though, and what South kind of does it, have they done enough to host? And I know that the the negative doom and gloom will just say this team doesn't even deserve to go to the postseason. But realistically, right, when you look at the resume, you look at their record, you look at the SEC victories, have the Gamecocks done enough to host? And what's crazy is this. If you flip the way this season went, right, like, did what the upstate rival did, start out slow, heat up to close up the year. I think South Carolina is a slam dunk, no-brainer host. But unfortunately, like, perception matters and the way you finish matters. And so I think right now, Carolina's sort of 50-50. You win one more game? I think if you win one more game, you're a lock. I think you're virtually a lock. You win two more, it's a no-doubter. But they were talking about on the broadcast, and I mean, I, I would say this, I think South Carolina, even right now, has a very compelling resume. I mean, do I feel like they're deserving? I'd say they're deserving. And I know, listen, I know this is a team that that only won four SEC series, went four, five, and one in SEC series. We'll see how much the committee values that. How much will they value RPI? How much will they value strength of schedule? Again, if you want to just solve this entire conversation, go win a ball game tomorrow, right? Take it out of the committee's hands. And simply put, just go win. That's all you need to do. So, you know, we'll see what they think. Um, winning one more tomorrow certainly be beneficial for you, but uh, just, just a tough one today. Tough one today, not one that I expected the Yardcocks to get, and unfortunately it played out really similarly to how I thought it would go. So 10-3, to the final score, LSU takes down South Carolina. And, of course, with double elimination, the Gamecocks now face elimination. Backs against the wall tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern when they take on either Texas A&M or Arkansas.